Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. It's Natasha Legero. And I am Moshe Kasher. We had a banger of a live episode last night. We taped a live episode. If you missed it, you missed out on something groovy. It was nice. It was nice. I feel like I actually learned a life lesson from the VIP section. Oh, what was it? Well, some girl was like quarantining with her mom and then she was talking about it. And then she said that she liked how her mom just always gave her information. And I was like, oh, that's such a great way to raise a kid. Just to give her information? Yeah, like she just like told her what happened if she drinks. Like, you know, you'll, you'll... if you go, you can get a buzz, but if you drink too much, then you get this really happy feeling. And then you could also like get too drunk and then you could get in trouble. To and- be clear, that was the only bit of information that she mentioned last night. No, but then I thought it was interesting that she and her mom told her like you could get arrested. You know, these are the consequences. <laughs> All of the information was about drinking. <laughs> but she was using it as an example of how her mom just gave her information. She didn't say don't drink. Right. And I thought that was really interesting because my instincts are always like to like tell someone what to do. But if you just present information, mm. um, that seems like it could apply to a lot of different aspects of parenting and, and also handling your fear. I thought, too, that this uh, if you uh, listen, the VIP was uh, was ridic i mean it's ridiculous that shows have vips but it, it was it was intimate and it was only 10 people from the live stream and at, we all went out around the, the 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 little zoom we went around the zoom and everybody answered a question of a challenge that they were trying to overcome that we picked out of this like 
card of questions, the card deck of card of questions that we have that sometimes you, me, and our child will go through at dinner and ask each other a question and our child will pretend that she understands the question. It'll always be like, you know, what's one of the fears that you're glad that you were able to overcome? And then our kid will be like, horses. It's just like make some shit up. But um but I was very touched by that by it too because it made me realize there's only ten people in that little thing. And it was like it felt like a a slice of our listenership and every one of them felt like they they were introspective deep people that not only tuned into the podcast because of the comedy stuff but because like there were tons of people that were saying specific things from the podcast that had emotionally resonated with them and it felt like the more sincere stuff that we do and that made me think that people like this podcast because they have like a connection to the the kind of, you know, helping people through their rougher times thing that we're doing here. And I thought it was just very sweet. It was a very touching experience. But really, I think people like the podcast because they like to um, hear two sides to a story and pick who they agree with, which is usually me. So I think I've, I've heard, been hearing a lot from the fans and they just <laughs> want me to know that um, they agree with me. About what? Almost everything. I would feel like... It's funny, I was in the middle of a, a heartfelt little, you know, speech about how the sincerity of our podcast is one of the things that people connect to the most on an emotional level and it resonates with them and that when we are sincere, they feel a sincere connection to us. And then at the end of that heartfelt talk, you made a insincere slam roast roast but it's also true (laughs) right if it's not if it's true it's on some (laughs) level sincere right well like every because then i think we also talk about our fights so like what's the last thing we fought about yesterday we got hummus and you said it was the wrong hummus they delivered so you wanted to call and get a refund from the restaurant okay no and i think we should ask people if you're right or if i'm right that you should have just dropped it well here's the problem with these are you right am i right you always deliver stuff contextless in the least flattering way possible to to the uh, my opponent yes i'm not your opponent i'm your husband (laughs) that's i think something an often missed point no man i we ordered this hummus from a place that we often get hummus from and they have this jalapeno hummus and i was ordering it online and it was like extra large yeah it's like do you want to get an extra large container of it and i thought to myself well i love this jalapeno hummus i'll get the extra large and it won't just be for dinner tonight i'll be able to scoop it all week long Uh, you know i'll be able to scoop that jh that jalapeno hummus so i get the hummus so i paid i paid a lot Four, I paid seven dollars for it. It's, it wasn't a cheap tub of hummus, mm-hmm. you know. That's actually what we call you sometimes when you leave the room. <laughs> Look at that old tub of hummus. Anyway, the so you got your tub of tubba. jalapeno it's hummus. T- tub of jalapeno hummus. Uh huh. And I fucking dipped the pita into it, and the shit is not jalapeno hummus. They've done a like weird hustle. It was like parsley. Or something. It was green. It was I just the, think they gave you the wrong one. They probably have an, like a hu- parsley hummus. There's never something. been a parsley or hummus. Cilantro. There's hummus. no such thing as a parsley hummus. Cilantro. It wasn't cilantro. It was parsley. It tasted like parsley. Therefore, I could tell that it was parsley. Here's what I think happened. The people over at Blank Restaurant over here in Los Angeles ran out of jalapenos, knew it was a popular item and didn't want to take it off of the menu. And we're just like, you know what? Whirl up the parsley. It's green. It's green. Sell it to the people. It was a hustle. We got conned, Natasha. Anyway, 
So I said... You spent the first 10 minutes of dinner asking me if you should call them to get your money back. <laughs> but Natasha... <laughs> to which I kept repeating, no, can well, you please drop it? <laughs> so Natasha seems to think that because this has been a difficult year for the restaurant industry, any anything... You should just never ask for a refund, no matter what. I think you could give critical feedback. Like, I think you could call the customer what, after dinner with your family and say, hey, I just want you to know I got I ordered the jalapeno hummus. It had parsley in it. Um, goodbye. Thank you. Just yeah. want to ta-ta for now. What's the point of that? So then they know that, like, people are on to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's if right. If you really think it's, like, an underhanded operation over there. I All I wanted was my $7 back. I threw the so, whole thing in the garbage. There's, I've never heard of... So you wanted to call the restaurant and have them no. give you a $7 credit for your next order that you could then memorize? Or give me my money back. How, you wanted to give your card over the phone. I ordered jalapeno hummus. I got parsley hummus. I deserve my $7. That is the basic ethical quandary that we are in the midst of right now. Well, I just feel that... Every single business in the world, like restaurant-wise, is, is probably struggling. Yes, I agree. Because but how could you not be after not being open for a year? Yeah. So I just think like... So let it slide. Yeah. Aren't you glad that you can order jalapeno hummus 0.6 blocks from your house? Okay, don't don't first world problems me with this <laughs> because then that's just an excuse. Anytime you're unsatisfied, you just be like, well, I guess I'm lucky that I live in a... Uh, in a developed country so i'll just allow anything you know it's really it really is a slippery slope from jalapeno hummus to being robbed at gunpoint <laughs> it's not a joke and you go you go oh, i was robbed at gunpoint but i guess i'm lucky that I, you know i live in a in a city where i can go get mental health you know help and i can call my favorite podcast and tell them about my trauma well, this is a good example of people agreeing with me. No one's agreed with you. I'm sure they will. I kind of have a feeling you're right, and I don't like it. It's my mu I paid the extra. If I had just gotten the the side of jalapeno hummus that came with the dish, I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. I'd be like, gross. I paid $7 extra to get a tubba. They're like really busy. You're like, hi, Um, I ordered. Can I give you my credit card number over the Hold on, please. Hello. Can I, can I take your order? I, oh, oh my, I need to get my visa card. And they're like, this this is rude. I wish he had called after his meal with his family and given us some constructive criticism instead. I've done that before. Let people know that something didn't taste the same way or something. And how'd it go? I don't know. But I always, you know, I think I think of like if I would want to know that. But here's the real deal, Natasha. Like I might be a bit of a of a penny pincher, but you're whatever the opposite of that is. You're you you know that um a fool and his money are soon parted, Benjamin Franklin quote. Mm. You're the fool. <laughs> you are soon parted with your money. I've seen Natasha um o negotiate against herself with someone. It'll be like a contractor and she'll be like, "Can you come do this job? I'll give you $500." $600, just please say yes in the same sentence. You're the worst negotiator I've ever met. Well, I get things done. You do get things done. It's easy to get things done when you're willing to pay <laughs> literally any price and then That's double that price. <laughs> That's not true. Can we take a call? Okay, let's take a call. Okay, we are going to call our friend Megan in Bloomfield, New Jersey. How do you say how do you spell pronounce New Jersey? <laughs> It's it's pronounced Jersey. 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 
Hi. Maggie? My name is Megan. Oh, Megan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, I don't know how to pronounce things. Do you say it Joyzy or Jersey? <laughs> Joyzy. You say Joyzy. <laughs> I thought so. It's Joyzy. That's uh, Natasha. I told you it's Joyzy. I just want to say to both of you, I'm a huge fan. I see you every time you're at Caroline's Comedy Club. Oh, thank you. I love you guys so much. You guys are so freaking funny. And I can't believe I'm talking to you. So. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Joyzy, you know who we're big fans of? Joyzy? <laughs> bon Joyzy. <laughs> Do you know Bon Jovi? They're from Joyzy. Jo- bon Jovi is from Joyzy, actually. <laughs> oh my God, I can't say I can't say that I'm not a Bon Jovi fan because they'll murder me. Oh, you have to. <laughs> oh, it's le- is it a law in Joyzy that you have to say that? <laughs> I think also Bruce Springsteen. You can't say you don't like him because they'll murder you. Honestly, I like both of them, and I like you, and I like that you come see us at Caroline's. I'm already a fan of yours. Let's do this. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I'm so nervous. Don't be nervous. We were just fighting about hummus, if it makes us feel like more human to you. Tosh, can I just tell you, you are like literally the most beautiful woman that ever lived. Okay. Stop it. Okay. (laughs) See, Moshe, that's what you're supposed to say to someone. All right. It's it's just not how we talk to broads in Joyzy. In Joyzy, we were taught, you know, even if, if the broad's beautiful, you got to kind of negger a little bit. You know what I mean? Make her want you. Megan, how can we help? Oh, my God. Have you gotten okay, the... Okay, so... Go ahead. I have second dose. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, but we're starting to talk about kids in my 12-year relationship. Um. But here's the thing. He takes medication that, um, like, you could literally beat him over the head with a bat and he would sleep through it. So it's like, and this is going to sound like so petty, but I love sleep. And if we have a baby, if he's never going to wake up for oh, the wow. baby, like, am I going to be, like, resentful? That's this is I don't a good know one. I like that. <laughs> he has a medical condition that causes him to be unable to ever get up and care for the child in the night. No, honestly, it doesn't it's a sound that different a... from just a father. <laughs> that was well played. I thought that was really funny. Um, wow, oh you laughed God. a little too hard, Mosh. Well, it was just a good joke and not really based in reality. I got up, didn't I? Get up? No, you get up a little bit. I guess that's hard. I mean. Are you at a place where you're working and do you have to have someone come help you with the kid? Or are you planning on doing everything by yourself? So we looked into like a night nurse and we're not, we're in a good like monetarily, but it's a hundred dollars an hour. Like it's, well, I don't think Natasha would would pay 200, 300. She would just say anything (laughs) you want. No, I, I, I don't think you need a night nurse, but I think practically speaking, you know, because if you're breastfeeding, you have got to wake up all night. It's not it's 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 going to be unfair. It's not equally distributed oh, the labor. Natasha, you're saying even right. if he didn't have whatever, I don't know what the yes, what this even if he narcolepsy, didn't have narcolepsy, it would still be apnea. the reality well, it's of that he takes, delusions. He takes sleepy time pills. Wait, OK, so wait, but, here's a question. Can, can we ask why does he take the sleeping pills? Is that too is that too personal? anxiety don't do quotation marks for somebody's <laughs> mental health issues <laughs> schizophrenia no, no. 
schizoaffective <laughs> disorder. No, you can't quote mark somebody's mental health issues. Anxiety. No, I am the poster child. I am the poster child for mental illness. So I'm not speaking like against it, but it's also like, you know, I also wake up in the night if someone breaks in, you know, or the baby cries. Right. You also have anxiety and it's about living next to a unconscious person every night. Here's the thing. I have a thought. Go ahead. I, I, I think that, you know, you... It's very unevenly distributed when you first have a baby. The woman has to do way more work. The baby's like relying on you to live, you know. It's soothed by you more. Yeah. You know, you need to breastfeed constantly and it needs to eat constantly. And, you know, so even if you're not breastfeeding, you've got to like make the warm milk and make it a certain temperature. And you're like constantly doing all this stuff. So anyway, the point is you're going to have to do so much shit anyway. And then ultimately you'll figure out a system if you really want to have a baby that works for you, if you can hire someone to come in the morning or whenever you're going to need a little bit of help getting to work, getting your life in order and then finding the thing that he's good at. Maybe he's great cooking like he's, you know, when is he most conscious? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you'll find the thing that he can help with that will be his thing. And maybe, you know, you'll figure it out. You know, I think wanting to have a baby with someone is a really big thing. So you have to really be able to envision it and know that he's going to have energy in other places for it. That's really smart. Did you guys ever feel any resentment? Towards each other, we only like to, fe- we only yeah. feel resentment towards each other. We haven't had a warm. <laughs> we honestly haven't had a warm feeling towards one another since years before the baby. Would you say? I mean, the six the first six months were nice, but since then, it's just been a business arrangement. You're such an um, <laughs> Did we have resentments? We I think we had incidental resentments, but right, like it would happen on a daily thing, but I don't remember there being like a theme of you never do this. Do you once? I mean, I think I got mad like the sixth time you went surfing when I was breastfeeding in the day. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember like us getting into like kind of some myths. Like I just remember having like a child attached to me and like needing water and I couldn't get up and the dogs needed to be fed. And you were like, I'm going surfing. Okay, I don't remember that. And then I would get mad and you didn't understand why. And I feel like I was just kind of like absorbing all this labor. And I think that, you know, it's just part of the silent labor of being a woman. So we, you thought we had an issue with me just taking off to go surfing too much? Well, I just don't think you understood like how much I was like compromising, like not being able to do anything like physically. I couldn't even Mm. like not wear a robe. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember that, but I believe that that happened. I'm not saying you weren't helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not going to be completely balanced all the time or maybe ever. Well, here's my thought. I and maybe there's different things you can figure out that people right. are going to be good at. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's like my memory of us have early days with the kid were that when one of us had to had a thing like, like for example, breastfeeding uh, that wasn't really negotiable right like she had to breastfeed i really couldn't help with that and your husband has to sleep through the night i guess he can't really help that that we would find ways to in uh, other areas to to compensate it would almost be like a i don't like the whole idea of negotiating but it almost be like a negotiation like okay well you have to do this this and this it's unnegotiable so how about i offer you this this and this and that'll be kind of my my offering to this family that's how i remember does that not feel true to you yeah so great some, work, hun. So something like that would make sense. Like if in fact 
this guy will never get up with the with the baby because by the way a kid a you don't have to breastfeed the baby in the night you can feed the baby breast milk in a bottle right and i i right. know that because i did used to do that with our no baby. but if you're breastfeeding Mosh, you, need to you get had out. just been on oh sorry go ahead well, he, what he's forgetting is that if you're breastfeeding, your breasts fill up and start to hurt. If I'm, you don't I'll never, them. I would never forget that. It was a beautiful time in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I complained so much. Um, but th- my other question is, I don't know how anxiety disorders work. Does he need to take it every single night or it won't work? Like I know like with, with yeah. oh, he does. Okay, well then you have a non-negotiable. At least... Here's how I feel about non-negotiables. At least with a non-negotiable, you know it's non-negotiable. So you have to figure out a solution to that. You know what I'm saying? Like with other things... Well, like I'm bipolar too and I take a bunch of meds also. So it's like, but I could like make it work. But what but do you mean? You're not, you don't time. take his medication that makes him sleep all night. He well, can't, that's true. You're right, that's you're a right, non-negotiable. Right. Yeah. You can't be like, well, you're, you have anxiety, but I have bipolar. So <laughs> you should be more like me. It's like, well, that doesn't... There's no, no. connection. <laughs> That was not at all what I was saying. I'm just saying, like, sometimes my meds make me a little sleepy, too. But if we're going to, like, bring life into this world, yeah. like, we have to... Now I'm getting nervous for your future child. <laughs> no, no. Oh, God, no! I mean, I guess I just think, like... I mean, my, my instinct is, wouldn't you rather have a... I mean, this isn't even a question. This is obviously yes. You'd rather have a husband-father that is... Med- that is balanced in their medication and 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 he- dealing with their mental health and healthy in that way than somebody who's like okay well i guess i won't take my anxiety medication so that we can distribute labor more evenly and then becoming increasingly anxious that's not you're not that's not better an, a guy who's like addled with anxiety yeah. but getting up in the middle of the night isn't better than an unconscious person who's taking care of their anxiety disorder no you're not wrong you're not wrong at all i just yeah, this is why this is why I called. <laughs> I think that you need to really think about if you see a future and a family with this person. And I mean, I remember I really thought that Moshe would be a good dad. And that was one of the reasons I agreed to have a child with him. And it's been a rude awakening ever since for you. huh? <laughs> I actually, well, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't know how Moshe would be as a dad. And I kind of had him pinned for one of those like dorky dads that like always have wipes and like are like really like <laughs> helicoptery, but he's not like that. What he's am I like, like? Like walk into the walk barefoot into the flames. Just live a little. You want to start surfing when they're like two? You know, like I just thought like there's a theme here, by the way, and it's surfing. Maybe you guys should learn to surf. Honestly, you're... no, but I I think yeah, but I'm just saying you don't Is know how someone's solution? you don't know how someone's gonna be as a dad until they're a dad right that's like true. i know moshe so well and he wasn't who i thought he was gonna be even though i'm you know I'm, you are kind of but i just i didn't it, it surprised me or you know the grandparents you know you don't know who's gonna come out and like be a good grandparent and be involved and you know who's that's, who's not that's really wise natasha i think that's also good advice for you that you don't know you you, you you're focused on the one aspect of parenting that you know is going to be annoying and to be honest it will be annoying if you have to get up exclusively every night that will be annoying but that's basically what every woman has ever done since anyway like, sure you know maybe 
2012. I just, I just do want to say in my defense, I used to get up with the baby all the time. <laughs> I mean, all the time. We would go back and forth. We would trade. No, that's, I know. You, that's what I remember. Helpful. Mosh, I heard you on Never Not Funny complaining about how you didn't sleep. So Thank you. Yeah. I went on a Jimmy Pardo <laughs> podcast and lied about how much labor I was doing. So, no. So I think that it's easy it's it's easy to focus on the part that you know you'll be annoyed by but I think Natasha's saying something really profound which is once cuz your husband isn't a dad yet so once he becomes a dad he and you will discover the things that he's really good at and almost invariably there will be things that you're bad at and it will balance itself out and you'll go wow I couldn't do that but he couldn't do this and you guys will find a way to kind of balance it out and then go hit the Jersey Shore and catch some waves. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey Shore, sorry. I love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank okay, you. good luck. Good luck. A little bit of clarity I needed. Good, so glad Bye, to hear. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you at Caroline's next time. You think it's going to work out? Yeah. She seems so sweet. It seems good. Yeah, I just think like... I think that you brought you brought some of that truth hammer home, although there was also a bunch of misinformation in it. So it's kind of an interesting mix to me <laughs> about bringing her truth for her situation while painting a narrative of our situation that was filled with uh, uh, sort of white lies, outright lies. And <laughs> What was a white lie? Well, I used to get up with the kid all the time. I remember now, now, now that we're thinking about it, it's almost you like, would. You would do PT, I, it's almost like PTSD. We would, I forgot that period of our life. We would go back and forth. It yeah, would be, but I would still get have up, to get up in the middle of the night to leak them and like leak my tits and feed the baby, sure. and get up in the morning. You no, know, you're right. Like, you're right about that. There, there is an unf. I think Chelsea was the one that said there's some that I think it was Chelsea that told you that nature is misogynistic. It's like, you know, there's, there's feminism is, uh, is, an important political and social and human movement but then when it gets down to the physiological realities of having a child you realize as a woman this is not my, my words this is chelsea's idea i think right was chelsea that said i that? don't remember well this idea maybe it wasn't i don't remember who told me but that that your body is like sexist your body is like nope mm -hmm. you'll be carrying the baby nope you'll be feeding the baby nope it's your body that must do all of this labor and it will be uneven and unequal d sort of de facto based on your the physiological realities of this which is interesting what's really depressing is i'm reading this book called mom genes right now g-e-n-e-s and it's just be this woman set out to study moms as like their own species because no one's really ever put money towards studying them or scientists have never really done it. And she set out to do one thing, but like the thing that she's learned is just kind of depressing, which is that um, moms, after you're a mom, you kind of lose matter in your brain and you just get stupid. <laughs> <laughs> really? Kind of. Oh no. Are you just kind of like, you know, you're, you're giving that mat, you're giving energy, you're depleting yourself by having a child. Yikes. But, you know. That does explain a lot of things, though. <laughs> what? Just like the your reading material. My reading material? Well, you used to always be reading these, like, French books and, like, uh, like Melville and the classics. <laughs> and, like, lately I've been noticing, like, you're reading these, like. like I'm reading to our daughter. Golden books. You know, <laughs> golden books. <laughs> Clifford. I'm like, Tosh, what is this Cliff? But I'm not talking about to our daughter, like. I'll find it under your pillow and stuff. Anyway, the point is... She'll be like, I'm going to dig into my book. Most, do you mind if we don't watch something? I'm going to dig into my book. I look over. It's Clifford the Big Red Dog. I'm not kidding. Listen, having and a baby... And she's struggling with this. Definitely she's definitely worth it. 
you won't care that you're a little dumber. I don't think you're dumber, honey. I don't care. Really? I really don't care. Well, I think you're pretty dang sharp. Thank you. Shall we listen to some secrets? Yeah, let's listen to some secrets. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Marcia. Uh, this is a secret no one has known uh, for 20 years. So when I was in the eighth grade, my best friend and I were the student accountants for our primary school small cafeteria, sold like milk and chocolate milk and chips and stuff like that to the kids. And stuff. Uh, so our job was uh, the accountants, and every day we put together the cash float in the money box. We did an inventory of the snacks, got the food card together. Then at the end, we had to count and uh, record everything after the kids were done selling everything. So different eight grade students would volunteer and be the cashier each day. So they would come, they'd pick up the food we put together, sell it to the kids who wanted some. So those were students who were responsible for making change and making sure everyone was paid for their food. Uh, my friends and I decided this system was ripe for exploitation, and we began embezzling money and snacks, like, immediately. Uh, since we were the accountants, which was a job that was only given to the most, like, extremely trustworthy students, uh, it was really easy for us to fudge the numbers and shift the blame to the sellers. The terrible part of what we did was we covered our tracks by always having the numbers be wrong when a certain kid, a kid we did not like because we thought he was weird, uh, was the seller. This made it look like he was terrible at making change or couldn't do basic math. It was just dumb. Uh, there were multiple times where he got in trouble only to break down in tears because he swore he was doing things right, which he was. Uh, I genuinely feel bad about doing that to him, but I don't feel bad about the N64 game I bought with my embezzlement. I love you both. Make more another period. Miss you guys. Wait, that is this so who like terrible. runs the world? People like this? <laughs> is that why we're kind of fucked? I would love to know what that guy does for a living now. Oh, yeah. God, that's so rough. I used to be so cruel to people when I was in elementary and middle school. Jesus. That one just felt worse because it felt calculated. Oh, yeah. It was brilliant. Targeted. These little like <laughs> these little like shysty CEO children blaming it all on one loser and him crying. I mean, this is it was literally that secret played like a uh, like a, Di a Disney plus movie, you know, like about a, a group of rascals. That is so mean. Remember people selling milk to you in like midday? We'd have like 10 a.m. milk. Hmm. I don't remember Disgusting. that at all. Disgusting. Oakland Public Schools, it was like, what I remember, it, the food was fucked up. And I remember there were nacho cheese fries. It was French fries that would like dumped spicy nacho cheese sauce on top. And it was f so fucking good. It was good? Oh, it was so good. To this day, I could fuck up. You would up. not like it today. Honey. I would too. I think I would. And you know what kids used to do to us? We'd be eating the nacho cheese fries of white kids. And kids would walk by and they would see the white kids and they would slap the uh the nacho cheese fries out of their hands and say you don't want that and i'd be like yeah no i do want that i really i wanted that did you ever get nacho cheese sauce splashed on your face from somebody no but there was a there, there was a, there was a story of uh this kid this like one of the these like white dorks there were like different strata of white people in oakland public schools and the white dorks were, like were one group i was not in you know what i'm saying I wasn't and this dude had a brand new suede jacket. Like, you remember, like, the dorky kids always would have, like, a leather jacket. And be like, this is my jacket. And he came, he had a brand new suede jacket. And he got you don't want that. And nacho cheese splattered all over his suede. And mm. God, it's so cruel. Middle school is such a horrifying time. 
I found some of those people back then and apologized to them. That's nice. Some of those middle school people. Let's hear another one. All right, let's do. Hey, guys. So let me tell you a secret real quick. Well, it's not really a secret, but I think it's hilarious. So me and my husband are both Mexican. We are both light-skinned Hispanic, in case that makes any difference at all. But our dog seems to be racist. Um, every time that an African-American person approaches him, he barks and runs away. But he literally never does it either way. The only time that he does that is when it's an African-American person. And I'm not sure how to explain to people, hey, my dog is racist. So please don't get close to him. Not that he'll attack or anything, but anyways, if anybody else is dealing with this, it would be great to know. Thanks. Bye. It's a thing. It is a thing. I've read about it. I've read articles about it. People saying their dogs are racist because they bark at certain kinds of people. And it's usually because, not to pull your cover a secret lever, it's usually because they don't have any, I think this is true, I have to look this up, they don't have exposure to the group of people that they're barking at. So the problem isn't that your dog is racist, it's that you're kind of racist and you don't have any black friends. So you need to go out, make a black friend, invite, do not explain this to them because they probably will not appreciate that you're like, really what I'm trying to do is uh, just socialize my dog. Go make a black friend, invite him over for tea, and then have that black friend pet your dog, say, hello, my name is Bill. I am black, and then your dog will eventually go, oh, okay, and be cool again. All right, let us know what happens. Yeah, let us know. What, actually, honestly, I don't advise that. What do you do? I But I have read about this. I have read about this. Dogs that bark at certain groups of people. Our dog, Pablo, barks at loose fabric. Yeah. He, he doesn't like bell bottoms. He doesn't like baggy socks. Hated the 70s. <laughs> he did. He hated the disco era. But, you know, that's so I don't bring him on walks that much. That's right. Well, dogs are complicated, but you know what's not complicated? What, honey? I want to hear another secret. I want to hear one more, too. Oh, hi, uh, Moshe and Natasha. Um, I've got a secret. Uh, I, uh, I found an old iPhone 3 of mine or my husband's. I can't even remember. Plugged it in. And when it was fully charged, started looking through the photos and found a bunch of baby photos of my firstborn um, that I thought I had lost. So I, you know, was pawning over them and showed my daughter, who was at the time seven, she's nine now, and uh, her friend, who was the same age, and her friend's brother, who was five, at the, or no, four at the time, uh, and my son, who was four at the time, were all over having a play date. And I just gave them the phone and walked away. And they were all looking at these baby photos. Well, I guess they went a bit too far. This is back in like 2012, these photos were taken. And they came across the most horrible pornographic photo. I can't even... Ugh, it was like a joke photo. It's a guy laying on his back, holding open his asshole... Uh, that's like gaping, uh, and no, no exaggeration. You could like nestle a softball in there. So they come up running to me, all four kids, my kids and someone else's kids. Mom, look at this. Look at this. 
I almost died. I grabbed the phone, turned it off, looked at um, my friend's, my daughter's friend and said, I need to phone your mom, right? And she goes, yeah. I, before I made the phone call, I convinced the girls and my son uh, and his friend that uh, the photo was of a person giving birth. It was a dude with a mustache, right? So in the end, told uh, the parent and my kids, believe me, I don't know how they, I mean, they were young at the time, so, but they, everybody believed that it was like a birthing photo. Anyways, so iPhone 3 uh now hiding and will never be found so i don't know what else was on that phone i just turned it off and i guess let it die and uh hit it in a shoebox far away so everyone out there uh hide your phones from your kids your old phones all right talk to you later dude that was i my my hat is so firmly tipped to that woman who in her panic came up with not only the perfect... She still had to call the family and say the birthing photo, but she at least didn't have to say like to three of her daughter's friend's mom. I had a gaping photo (laughs) and your kid kind of stumbled across it. No joke, a softball could have fit in there. (laughs) You would have been ostracized from the friend group. Like why would anyone believe when you were giving birth someone got a picture of it from like the front of you? Yeah, from the hole out. Yeah, I mean, it's so... Brilliant and the though. The guy had a mustache. But but the thing is, she had the to kids know. Didn't remember. The kids aren't going to go into details, right? Because they're not getting to see it again. They and, don't remember. And she's deleting the photo immediately. But what's funny is the kids did look at it for a while because they brought it to her and were like, they're "Look like, at what this. What the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> that is so true. Wait, is it called gaping? Is that a gaping? Yeah. Sexual. Th- it's a thing that people like. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ew, it is. Wait, why? Actually, there's some porn where they put a speculum in in a person and they kind of they, they want it they to be manually gape. Then it's not a tight fuck. It's not about fucking. You're looking. It's a picture. You can't fuck a picture. Oh, you want to look inside? I don't want. I don't want anything. What do you mean? What if it's dark? <laughs> what if it's dark? Is that the worry that's well, not going to be bright sex enough? Sex in the dark. Why do you need to look inside someone's gaping asshole? You you think people only have sex in the dark? No, I'm just saying that's a common way to have sex. Yeah, but if in, you're doing in, the gape, the nighttime, if you're doing the d- gape part, you're probably gonna flip on a lamp. <laughs> so Wait, you can that take is a what look. you do. You turn on a lamp and look down their ass. What are you talking about? People have sex during the day. We have sex no, during the day. No, but what is the appeal of gape? Gaping? Gaping? It's probably like about domination and like nastiness. You know, like oh uh, yeah, open it up for me, kind of a thing. But it's just already open. You could put it like she said, not a ba- a baseball. Is that what she was saying? Softball, softball. Okay. It's big, bigger than a baseball. It's like a grapefruit. It's like a grapefruit. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is how we do it with all the uh, sports metaphors for <laughs> Natasha. By the way, a softball <laughs> is a grapefruit. A baseball is an apple. A soccer ball is a cantaloupe. You know, and on and on. Um. Okay. Well, that was that was inspiring to know that i could think on my feet like that and get away with it and that's the kind of lying i think is okay i loved it i thought it was awesome and i was really impressed and just thought that what a, what a wise woman you are um natasha how we doing over here i'm okay i, I was gonna go um check on my child you want to check on your coc <laughs> you got a cotc can i check on the child you got a comc can I go check on my child? Yeah. All right. Well, look, you go, you know, you go. And you know what? You're good at that. You know why? Uh, you know how I know that? Because I'm the birth mother. Because you're the birth mother. And you know how that makes me feel when I see you hmm. still breastfeeding our child to this day? 
Actually, do three-year-olds ever breastfeed? Or is yes. that is that three-year-olds do? Some. That is always crazy when you see a kid like saunter up with like a full gait, like they have their personality yeah, like intact. A suitcase. Yeah, they're just like walking up, kind of like almost got like a pimp strut, and they're like, "Mom, what's up with them titties?" I'm full, and they're out. But, but you know, on the website it says you can. You're supposed to. They they. The, on the what website? I don't know. Gape.com. No, like whatever's like the national breastfeeding whatever. Yeah. What do they say? They say we recommend up to three years old. Damn, that's crazy. I think. I mean, I'm no judgment to anybody, but it is always crazy to me when I see a kid that's like full on looking like they know how to read. Nobody likes talking that. about let me, let me suckle on them titties. Nobody likes it. Tatays. It's uncomfortable. If you'd like to leave a secret, you can call us at 213-222-8608. Or if you would like to be on the podcast yourself as a advice receiver, email us, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com. Or can, email us to let us know who you agree with. Ah, uh, vis-a-vis, what was our argument today? About the jalapeno hummus. Do I deserve my $7 back? I didn't get my money back. I let it slide because I thought Natasha would never let it go. Okay, so you can also see us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, Endless Honeymoon Pod. We're also on YouTube. That's where I listen to my podcasts when I'm not recording a podcast. Is that I, true? Yeah, it's just easy. Well, also, you know, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, apple.co Subscribe forward slash to our YouTube Endless though. Honeymoon. And yeah, go to our YouTube. And thank you, everybody that joined us at the live taping and we'll do another one in a year or something like that it was that really was fun. really fun it was really fun why a year i want to do it again you want to do it next week okay i don't think anybody would come we probably why? we probably maxed out oh, we sold seventy-five thousand tickets <laughs> we did it was a huge success and uh, i'm going to tahiti would you like to come with me um i've already been to tahiti it was hmm. I, yeah, I go back there. Great. You know why I want you to come with me? Why? Because I love you. I love you too. 